Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Greetings, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another episode. I hope you're all well, as I always say. Uh, As I recall this, the sun is shining. It's again, it's a beautiful day, hot day. I imagine, hopefully, it's still going to be like that when this reaches your ear holes. Um, Hope you're well. Hope you're good. And uh, yes, as you know, as you well know, before we get stuck into the episode, we have to do the admin, got to do the admin, and so we're going to do the admin, and then we're going to get on with the show. And uh, no disrespect to the admin, we need to do it, I understand, but there we are, it's admin nonetheless, isn't it? But we need to do it, because we need you to become a patron uh, for early access to behind-the-scenes video recordings, that's right, we video these now, and uh, if you become a patron, you'll be able to see them, you'll be able to see clips of it. Um... So if you go to uh, patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast uh, or via our linked uh, link tree uh, link that is in all of our socials. So it's on, uh, it's on mine. So I am Rich Wilson on Instagram. I'm Rich Wilson on Twitter. Um, it's on Facebook, Rich Wilson. It's everywhere. If you look in the bio, there'll be a link. This is link tree. Click on that. And that will take you to everything that you need. It takes you to my website. You can see where my dates are, where I'm gigging. Uh, it takes you to our other socials, all the platforms. It takes you to the uh, podcast episodes and it takes you to our patreon page and it takes you to where where we get our merch as well so uh yeah become a patreon come on do it for us bung us a couple of quid and help us keep it going that's all we want you to do we're not we're not trying to buy speed boats and hot air balloons and rockets to mars we're just literally trying to just keep this podcast going if you could do that for us that would be fantastic thank you so much and with that in mind i'd say hello to mags doodle and uh, Neil Reese, uh, who just joined us, uh, thanks for that. Uh, I don't even, Mags was a patron before, I think you've come back. Welcome back! And not because, it's just you know, sometimes, I get it as well, patrons, when you join and you're chucking us a couple of quid, we get it, you've got your own things to pay for, and sometimes you have to go away and pay for them. And then you come back, if you want to. I get it, I totally get how it works. I totally get how it works, so thank you. And if, that, if that's wrong, Mags, then shoot me in the head, I'm really sorry. Uh, but thank you, welcome back, thank you for your, to your continued support, much appreciated. Um, and thanks for all the feedback as well, thanks for all the messages that we get. There's a couple I need to get back to, I will get back to you, I will get there in the end. Uh, I am shit at admin, as you can hear, and some messages. I'll get to him eventually, but I will. Uh, but yeah, David Harris, thanks, mate. And he's loving these extras. You see, that's what you get. You get the extras. You get early access to the vid- to the episodes as well. So become a patron. That's what you want to do. That took longer than it should have done. Fuck's sake. Right. Over on Insane in the Fembrane this week, I'm talking to Nancy Carter Bradley. Now... 
I I'd never met Nancy before. It was a friend of her, Siobhan, sent me a message uh, because sadly uh, Nancy has, has got an inoperable brain tumour and needed some uh, needs working on a petition to get some treatment through to get some treatment sorted out not just for her but for everybody and um, she needed some signatures so we got chatting and we did that and then I thought well, do you know what let's have Nancy on and it was brilliant and it's over on Insane in the Fembrane right now so go and have a listen to that and then sign the petition and help people get some much needed uh, cancer treatment I mean why are we begging for this it's insanity we should just be having it it's crazy but there it is so that's Nancy Carter Bradley and that's over on Insane in the Fembrane right now so on with the episode I'm talking this week on Insane in the Membrane with the mighty Mike McLean. Now, you will know Mike McLean. You'll know his face. He was around very much so in the 90s. TV presenting. He was on MTV. Big Breakfast. He was everywhere. He was everywhere. Um, he's even got a book out. He even got a book out. It's called, oh, I remember him. And that's that really made me laugh. Um, he's one of the best people I've ever met. He's funny. He's, he's just a brilliant human being. And I, did, I meant to get him on ages ago. And... Uh, I did a gig with him the other day and I was like oh, do you know what I'm getting him on and I just said you're free tomorrow and he's like yeah I am let's have a chat so we did and it, it was brilliant it was really funny he's a good lad um, so yeah coming up in a bit is Mike McLean here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. Recording in progress. Great. Fantastic. Thank you. Sorry, man. I was at the gym. So, mate. Sorry about that. No, no. I thought it was, I love the porn star match. <laughs> I, um, I thought it was seven. For some reason, I didn't mean I did seven. So, I, I'm sorry, so sorry. So Don't you worry, mate. I'm sorry to disturb your gym. No, stupid, mate. Literally, <laughs> I go in there to do. I had an operation on my knee, so I had to get my muscles on my, my leg built up. And mate, it was horrible. Came down an operation on a Thursday, and I did a gig on a Saturday. So, mate, Jerry Kay was laughing his head off when I was hobbling on stage. He was emceeing. I was hobbling on stage. What was up with it? What's up with your knee? Just age or? Mate, football, just cruciate ligament operation. Ooh. Literally. Um, 
Uh, and it was just, it's just horrible, Max. Just absolutely horrible. And then playing in them games, all those charity games. Yeah. And then some guy just come in and just literally took my crew shit out. Yeah. I know people have had that done where it's just gone, just snapped. Oh, and it's, right, it's snapping, mate. It's horrible. Yes. I was working on the big breakfast at the time and I didn't get permission to play in the match and they went fucking mad. Oh, mate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I walked past it the other day. It's the big breakfast house is near where I live. Oh, is it? Oh, but a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was out there. I've walked past it a few times and it's it's mad to think that what went on there. Like the, the, and that's just what we saw on the telly. I've known a couple of people that work behind the scenes. And, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and he said it was <laughs> nuts. He said it was nuts. He gave me the name Squeaky. Yeah. <laughs> but got, you, know, you, know, you know he got, he got fired because he's like, you know, because he was called the Yeah, I heard. Yeah. There we really got fired for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, by the way, we, we, this is, we can chop that out. <laughs> is that one to cut out? Oh, we, God, yeah. Do we just bleep? Okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> as much as I love that, and I'm, uh, I don't know like that. Oh, mate, there's a load of stories I could tell you. Yeah. That's the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's any, you can, because we don't, there's not a big introduction, we just do it. We just get on. Yeah, yeah, mate, whatever. And, yeah. Um, yeah, if there's any stories that, you know, we can we can have, that'd be great. Oh, well, yeah, 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 I've got a mate. Just, <laughs> you know. Do you know what? I was doing it, talking about getting older and things happening. I did that thing. I was at a gig last night, and I'm about to bring on the first act. I did the big build-up. These are great comics. You're in for a great night. Blah, blah, hey. blah, blah, blah. Fucking, the name went, didn't it? The name went. I'd never worked with her before. She's brilliant. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. And it was uh, it was uh, Michelle, Michelle Shaughnessy, and my brain went, Sean. And then the other side of my brain went, and it's not Sean. And then it just started spinning. And, I, and then I just, I just went, mm, just looked at her. And then luckily she took it and she went, it's Michelle Shaughnessy, and did it and then came on. You should have just gone to the back and gone, what's your name? <laughs> just yeah. like, you know. But it worked. It worked. And it, yeah. and it was great. And then she went with it. She, and she, she uh, ripped you for five minutes. Ripped me for five minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> as she should have done. And then got on with it. But it was funny because Tom Deacon was on as well. And Tom was at the back of the room. And he came through and he's going, oh, mate, he goes, that was lovely section. You, you know, you bounced along and then Michelle came out. He goes, what was brilliant? He goes, I could see that you'd forgotten because your eyes weren't all big. <laughs> and, I, and, he, and he was going, ah, he's forgotten her name. <laughs> MC, I always just write it down on, you know, like there on your hand. Yeah, man. That's, I hated it. I hate MC. Do you really? I, you know what? I did the hub. I, I, I'll tell you when. I'll tell you when we record. Are you yeah, recording? no, recording. This is it, yeah. Oh, right. Mate, I... I um, I had a really bad experience. When I was doing a lot of telly, I got asked by my agent. They said, look, I want you to go and do these um, awards in London. It was for the advertising awards. I yeah. was like, yeah. and the money was ridiculous, right? It was something like 10 grand. Yeah. And you go, I've never earned that in my life. You know, yeah. my dad, you know. I went, yeah, and it was on a Thursday night. And I was like, right, okay. So I went and did these awards. And uh, I should have known. They said, oh, uh, they're going to love you. They've been drinking since three. And the awards weren't eight till eight, Mitch. And I'm like, oh, great. Oh. Good night. And I got on and I died. Like, you know when you die a death? You know as a comic you die a death, right? Yeah. I died a fucking death. Like, <laughs> literally. Like, people were just taking their hats off to me. Like, and I'm getting nothing. I'm getting, and I just go, right, shall I just, let's just get straight into the uh, awards, shall we? And, and someone shouted out, yeah, let's. And I was oh. like, mate, so I did the awards and, and, I, and I came off and I was I literally in bits, like lines that I've, I go, yeah, this is great. Because I was from Manchester then, I was in London, so I was just ripping the piss out of London. One of the lines was like, I climatised myself to London by watching EastEnders, you know, and I said, yeah. oh, it's great, EastEnders, everybody shouts at each other, you know. 
And I thought, that's what they do in London. But actually, when you get here, no fucker talks to you. You know, it's irony. It's like nobody talks to you, you know. And um, nothing. And I thought, all right, okay. And then you go back to your bog standard sort of stuff, don't you, you know. And as you know, I do the mind reading. I did the first one. And uh, the guy picked a word out of a book. And I knew what word. And he just said it was a different word. And I just thought, oh, right. oh. you know. Anyway, next day, the agent. So, and you know when it's a bad gig because people go, thanks. Okay, take care. <laughs> Nobody comes up to you and goes, oh, well done. They just go, oh, thanks. Yeah. So I get off, right? And uh, my agent next day goes, how was it? And I was like, no. And in the car on the way home, and it was in Shepherd's Bush Empire, yeah. all the way back to Ilford in Essex. Mate, I was in absolute. <laughs> so I lost. I went off stand up. I just literally. Oh really? Stopped. Yeah, I did. Honestly, God, I had a, re- you know. And then when I uh, was doing Richie and Judy, I think I had about like um, a week or two left. And my producer at the time, Gas Cornick, said, "Look, you need to get back to doing stand up." I was like, "No, no, no." Even when I was um, with XFM, like you know, yeah. uh, Lisa Thomas was like, "You need to back up stand." I was like, "No, no, no." So I, he'd gone and got the Hob. Did you ever play the Hob in Forest Green? I never did it. Yeah, but I did. I've been there. I know of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and did the hob, and um, and I smashed it. I've led like ten minutes, and the guy who ran it went, "Oh, I remember you from Nickelodeon." And come on, and I did it. And then I thought, and then I got a taste for it. You know, it's like yeah. one of those sweets. You know, I know, mm, you know what it's like. <laughs> and, uh, so I went back, and he said, "Look, I'd like you to MC the next four or five weeks." And I was like, "Yeah." Mickey Flanagan was on. Uh, Ninia Benjamin was on. John Mann was on. Everybody's yeah. on. I was like, "Yeah," and I just fell in love. But the the art of comparing, I seen you do it the other night when I was working with you the other night, and you, you are a master at your craft, and there's others in that area, Ryan McDonald and Kevin McCarthy, yeah. you know Kevin McCarthy. He's another that, you know, and so I did it, and I learned a hell of a lot about MC, and I learned that it's difficult, and I learned it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird, because I thought, because you do a lot of interaction in your set. Yeah, yeah, do you know, yeah, it is, it, and and... It is, but it's a difficult, it's a difficult, you know, people out there who think, oh, and I admire people that, that can do it. You know, like I said to you the other night, you were, you had that lovely response with the woman and, and I could, I could, because I was at the back of the stage and I could hear your brain ticking. <laughs> oh, yeah. You had this and that. Now at the back of the stage, I'm going, Rich, go down this line, go down this line. I could hear you, you know, and I think I had to go. And that's the beauty of MCing, you know. So yeah. I admire people, that are, especially on the circuit MCs. Like the other one who's a great MC is oh, what's his name? Oh, he's bald headed guy. I always I'd work with him. He, Tim Clark. He, Tim Clark. Yeah. Tim. He's a big Liverpool fan. I should know. Tim's another good MC. Yeah. And I've worked with Tim so many times. You know, he's a, he's a top bloke. And I and then I just got back into love with stand up, and I just went back and you know, and it was interesting because when I when the telly had dried up and. I went and did XFM in Manchester after uh, Jason Manford left. I went and did, you know, XFM and I started doing little bits. Yeah. I even put myself on a stand-up course. Fuck. People were going, what are you doing? I was like, well, you know what? I just need, it's like a scuba diving course. Yeah. You know. So so sharpen your tools a bit. Yeah, mate, yeah. you know. And, and, then, and then you're doing gigs for like 150, 200 quid and people are going, what are you doing these gigs for? And I'm like, kids to feed. You know. <laughs> I've got kids to feed. <laughs> I think that's it. You forget. Because obviously I know you from the TV. So then the yeah. first time I met you, and I'm like, yeah, you do. You go, what the fuck are you doing here? And like yeah. you say, you go, well, yeah, that was then. Yeah. Now that's not happening for a bit. I'm doing this for now. And then who knows what, what I'll be doing next. But for now, like you say, I've still got bills to pay. You've got kids to feed. Yeah, people forget that. You know, people, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was fortunate and I'd, I'd made a bit of money and I'd, I wasn't stupid. I'd sort of invested in properties and, and um a little place in Spain and stuff like that. Nice. 
and I didn't have a mortgage, which was great. And then, you know, and then I got divorced and that completely killed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I was, I was, you know, and I'd, I'd paid off my mum and dad's mortgage, which I always wanted to wow. do, you know, so I made sure that they were comfortable. And it was just, yeah, it was, you know, it's, telly's different now. I was thinking about it yesterday, actually. Mm. Telly's completely different now. Yeah. You know, the things that we got away with on The Big Breakfast, you just couldn't, you know. <laughs> I watched the new one that they did on Channel 4, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lots of people in who worked on the show all text and said, what do you think? And obviously on, you know, on the social platforms, you go, yeah, it was great, well done. And they did a good job, but it just, it was sort of like a watered down. It wasn't the same. No, I mean, some of the stuff that we go to. What was know, it like being in the middle of it all? Must have been nuts. It was, yeah. I mean, I I did it, and then um, Johnny Vaughan used to go away, Richard Bacon going out, and I used to go outside, you know. Yeah. And I was at Nickelodeon then, doing a kids' channel, and it's quite hard to make that transition from going to kids to adults. And my agent uh, rang, and I'd originally put in for the Big Breakfast when um, Chris Evans left. Right. And I was at Nickelodeon and a presenter there, J- uh, not James Gilby, oh, another one, um, Rick Adams. He right. got the job. Right, Rick Adams got the job. And he was on a hiding to nowhere because he had Sharon Davis. And you're probably better off with a block of wood, if I'm <laughs> uh, And Denise was in the helicopter. And then <laughs> Denise No <laughs> disrespect for the block of wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just, just if the chemistry's not there, if the chemistry's been strong already, yeah. really difficult. You can't just replicate that. It just happens, doesn't it? And No, and, and they got rid of him and then they brought Johnny. And so Johnny used to do that. And then Richard would do the old bees. And Johnny did a very clever thing because Richard got done for his scandal on Blue Peter, you mm. know. And it was Johnny Vaughan who said he should get him on a big breakfast, and he did do. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah, he was very clever like that. Well, so then, because Johnny had his had his dalliances, didn't he, as well in the past? So. Yeah, 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 he did actually. And he, clever man, Johnny, very clever man. Yeah, very clever man. Learned everything he could uh, in the uh, House of Her Majesties, and he, he sort of did. He learned everything, and then Richard yeah. went in, and then I got asked to do the outside stuff, and I did it, and then I sort of, you know, and then Paul Tonkinson who. Good lad, great yeah. comment. And I feel for Paul because he had Donna Air and Amanda Byram and him. And he literally had to roll the dice and get a six to speak. It was that really? bad. Yeah, you know. And then the new producers came in and, it, and the show wasn't working. And I was doing the outside broadcast stuff. And then he got fired, unfortunately. And I, and I went in and sort of then, right, okay. And when you get that opportunity, you've got to grab it. By yeah, of the course you have. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what I did. I, I ripped into Donna, ripped into Amanda because you couldn't speak, you know. And you know it's like as a comment, you can go, quiet now, I'm speaking. Can I do that? <laughs> they didn't like it. But then, yeah, and then it just stayed for two years. It was good. It was, it was a good laugh. But it was good, though. I bet you got to – because that's the thing, because to this day, everyone still talks about Paulie Yates and Michael Hutchins. Yeah. You know, things like that. The, the Big Breakfast was such a – it was a one-off. Like, it was a bit it was yeah. like Tis was of its day. Yeah, it's yeah. It's always like every, every kind of decade, a thing comes along that is just on it it's indescribable it's anarchic it's it's just everything mate I did that I was lucky because I was out outside and then I went and interviewed some of the big stars you know the Hollywood stars but I remember going to this housing estate in Southampton and literally mate and uh, my th- Richard never got into the houses and I always wanted to get into the houses you know? <laughs> and I was like look I said to the crew and the producer look let's get into the houses get enough cable let's get into the houses and let's meet the people in the family, and let's have a look at them. So I'd go into this rough estate, and we always went to really rough estates. Like, you'd get a taxi the night before, and you go, which is the roughest estate around here, mate? And, you know, you'd get this guy going, oh, mate, you don't want to go so-and-so, it's a right crap hole. And you go, right, take us there. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you'd wait up the street and go, right, okay. 
and there'd always be mattresses in the garden, chairs, yeah. you know, that kind of mistake. And uh, so one morning, I knocked on the door, Matt clean, Channel 4, big breakfast. And she's like, oh, and she's like, you know, oh, and I said, let's in your house, let's in your house. And there's a kid on the pot in the corner having a shit. <laughs> there's two eating, there's two ah. eating. This woman's got about four kids to about eight different dads, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he's just eating cornflakes. And it was about health and fitness. And I was like, let's go in your fridge. And she goes, no, no, no. And I went, why not? And I opened the fridge, mate. There was just like weed right at the bottom. Oh. Then a bag of pills there, another bag of pills there. And it was just shut. And he goes, and I could hear the producer here going, go to a break. And I'm like, we'll be right back after the break. <laughs> oh, my God. Was that live? Mate, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another one. We had a producer called Paul. Um, Irish Paul, Paul Conley, great producer. And we had Lauren Harris. Remember Lauren Harris, who was the kid? Yeah. He was on Wogan. He yeah, was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the trans woman. Yeah. Well, yeah. he, she, he, she just had the operation into a woman. Yeah. So, you know, and we're going to this uh, estate and we're getting people to bring out their value, valuables and she'd tell us how much it is and then we'd offer them money to see if we could buy it. And this woman brought out a Jordanaire vase and there was only 500 made and it was for the wow. marriage of Prince Charles and Lady Diana. You know, 500, right? One of them went to the Queen. Wow. 250 went to America and the other 249 were scattered around England and they were like, you know, a rarity. And this is live and then, and my producer picked up the jardinier and as he picked it up the base fell and smashed oh my god smashed live on it right and and i could see like the woman was like <gasps> and then i could just see paul she was just about to start crying and paul put his hand over her mouth and just slowly dragged her out of shot <laughs> and i said to lauren harris how much is that worth she went not much now <laughs> oh Eight, yeah do you have to pay for it they they got the people who they had to track down the people who actually made the original. Yeah, got them to make another base for them. Oh, fine, and obviously yeah. they had quite a lot of money. Yeah, shit, I love that. Yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> what were you doing? What did you you must have just been? Mate, I was crying. I was literally <laughs> laughing. Like it sounds bad, doesn't it? But I was crying my eyes out. Like literally, you know. And it's like go to a break, go to a break. We did the, one day right, we give away a. Uh, that 32 inch flat screen TV. And I said, I said to the people, I said, look, keep the box. Cause the next day we're in some housing estate. I said, keep the box cause it'll be funny. So the next day we took the box and uh, it was giving away pumpkins. Right? And we said, look, this is what you can win. And we showed the front of the box and this guy's like, I'm winning it, I'm winning it, I'm winning it. You know? I mean, at the end we revealed that we opened it and it was just filled with pumpkins. Like, you know, there was no TV. And since we've won the box and inside the box, he goes, ah, it's pumpkins. Oh, he hit the roof. But he still brought his kids off from his house and they carried all these like 20 odd pumpkins. <laughs> they still had it. <laughs> they still had it, yeah. It was long. Yeah. We were in the phone room one day and I was bored. I was in the phone room, I was bored. And uh, I was with the, a girl, Cockney Vicks. She was like one of the characters on there. Who was it? What was um, her name? Cockney Vicks she was. She was a character. She used to come in and have pun of the week when Johnny did pun of the week. Right, right, yeah. right. And she'd come in and then I was in the phone room and they used to answer the phones. And I was like, oh, I'm bored. So I answered the phone and went, hello, Big Breakfast. He went, yeah, um, are you winning? It's a thousand pound prize. And uh, I said, what's your name? And he went, so-and-so. And I went, no, I can't hear you. And he's going, Johnny, sounds. I went, no, I can't hear you. I'm still, can you be louder? And he's screaming down the phone. I'm going, I'm going to have to get somebody else. He's like, no, no, no. 
And I'm like, I can't really hear you. We'll have to get another caller. Uh, and, you know, of course, everybody, we were laughing in the phone room. You know, we were like, you know, but this person wasn't laughing. Oh, no. They rang, like, the head office. And they had, they had to literally maybe give away £1,000. Oh, my God. They got hauled into the office. And they were like, <laughs> it was you, wasn't it? I was like, yeah. They were like, you can't. We're going to have to give £1,000 because if you're pissing about. <laughs> it's all right. They can afford it. It was funny at the time. But have you got quite a dark sense of humour then? Yeah, I mean, I've always been like the comedy one, probably the same as you at school. I was always like, you know, I like that. It's funny really because my lads now just go, they come home and they'll say, this teacher said that, what should I say? And I was like, oh, just say this, I'll say that, you know. But I was always the comedy one at school. I wasn't yeah. the cleverest, I wasn't the brightest, but I was always like in the middle, you know. Yeah. So I'm just intelligent in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I used to look and think. I remember doing my first ever gig with Paul, um, Paul Sinner. Right, yeah. And he went on and he just ripped the place apart. And I thought, oh my God, this is intelligent humour. And like, and I go on about my granddad, I go on about, you know, these little mind reading tricks. And I just thought, oh. Yeah, you know. I feel you. But I actually did all right. I, you know, I did, I did really well. And that's what I wanted to do when I came back into stand up. I used to start off with a really, I used to have crap magic act, you know, and um, I just wanted to go back and, and um, Darren Brown was popular at the time. And yeah. I never watched magic and I thought, right, I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. And it's, I've never looked back since because the amount of corporates I've done, because it's really. different. And then just sticking a bit of stand up with it, you know, and just have that rapport with the audience, which is yeah. what I like. Same as you when you're emceeing. It's just, I think it's a nice thing to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lovely. It just makes it, it just makes it a different gig every time, you know, because you, yeah. you talk to different people all the time. And I love that. But how did you feel when the TV stuff started to sort of like, you were coming away from it? It must have felt, because at one point, you were, it was like, you were, I remember seeing you everywhere. Yeah. On everything. Mate, and then yeah. after a while, obviously, like most things, it kind of, you know, the industry yeah. changes, moves on, producers change. They bring in their favourites or whatever. And you kind of, do you ever, did you feel sort of like just pushed out or did you go, oh, I've, had a, I've had a good time, but. Do you know what? I, yeah, it's, I never forget this right, um, Rich. I was I remember driving in, in the clothing when I was doing the breakfast show and this driver drove me in and he said, oh, what did you do? I said, I presented. He goes, oh, I was in the business, you know. I was like, all oh, right. And he said two things which stuck. have always stuck with me. He said, how long have you been down here? And I said, oh, about a year now. He said, you won't go back to Manchester. Yeah, well. I went, really? I went, yeah, you won't go back now. You'll be down here. And I was like, I was like, all oh, right. And he says, and, and, and then he said, like, I was in um, Oliver. He was in Oliver, you know. Yeah, right. And he said, and, and the bus always stops at the station. That, 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 you're going to be on a great ride. It will stop. And I was like, yeah, all right, okay. And I was, was flying on Nickelodeon from Nickelodeon to breakfast. And I finished the big breakfast. And then I went and spent seven years with Rich and Judy. And I used to do all the outside stuff. And then other little bits and bobs. And it was great. And then suddenly, um, they finished. They, they, they just finished. And they went over to watch the Watch Channel. Yeah. And... Um, and I'd done seven years with them and the big bosses sort of said, look, you know, we're going to watch. And I was like, right. And they go, but we're not taking you with us. Right. Like, right. Okay. I was like, right. Okay. And we, you know, we'd love you to, but the channel don't want you. Wow. And I was like, right. yeah, it was just like that. And it was, just, it was like that. Rich. Yeah. It was just like the channel don't want you. We would love to take you, but we can't. And it's down the channel. Judy, bless her. She was like, no, we want Mike. And, and they were just like, no. And they got uh, Rufus Hounding. Right, so, right, right. Do what I was doing, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know him, but you know. But I think it lasted about two or three months. Really? Yeah. And then I, I got a phone call from the agent saying, "Would you go back to Manchester? Jason Manford's leaving XFM, and they want you to do the breakfast show." And I was like, "Yeah, do you know what?" And I just had my little lad born. I thought, "Well, I can't be doing with all that 
screaming at night time and changing nappies. <laughs> so, <laughs> see you, darling, I'm off. And my mum used to go to my little place in Spain and I went to her house in Manchester. And then I realised after about four months why I left Manchester because it just rains all the time. Yeah. Just rains. And I had a really good time at XFM. I learned to do radio because you've done radio and it's, it's different. It's, it's different. And I loved it. But I didn't have a great producer. It was all about him. Right, okay. And then when the contract was up for renewal, I just didn't want to. I was like, look, you know, I've done a year. And, and they was like, look, should we just park up? And I was like, yeah. And then the phone didn't ring. Well, Literally didn't ring. Oh, mate. You know, and I've yeah. got hours and hours of TV experience. And, I've got, and then you get a phone call saying, like, Nuts TV, can you do this show? Uh, there's three shows. I was like, all oh, right. And they went, it's 300 quid. I was like, all oh, right, okay, that's 900 pounds. They went, no, it's 100 quid a show. And it's three shows. Jeez. And you're like, no. No. So I spent a year just bringing up my uh, little son, Cooper. I just yeah. stayed at home. But the phone didn't ring and, and then your head goes. Yeah. Then your head goes. You know, we had this conversation with that, didn't we? You know, at that gig. And I was like, yeah. And then, and then it doesn't go. And then, yeah. And that's the hardest thing. You know, you've had all that. And I think it's better to have had a bite of the apple than just had a look at it. You know? Yeah. But it's still hard, though, because it is brutal. Yeah. When you, yeah. I said, I don't know if I said this to you, but I was talking to someone and I said, you know, it's changing when you're in the middle of it and there's cars for you. Oh, there'll be a car for you. There'll be a car for you. Yeah. One day they go, can you make your own way in? Yeah. And you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. 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 You just know, like the other, my little, my eldest lad's been at um, Cambridge United. A good footballer, really good footballer, been at Ipswich, been at Cambridge, and they took him for eight weeks. And after the fifth week, then I knew that they weren't going to sign him. Because the emails the emails before that would go, uh, Dear Carter, we'd like you to play against um, Bournemouth this weekend, so on, so on. And then it was like, Dear player. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know? And then I had to sort of prepare him and say, Listen, son. And he didn't want to, he didn't want to sign anyway, but because um, he didn't want to play right back. But you could just tell, and you, you know, you know, and I sort of tried to prepare him for, yeah. you know. And my other little lads had loads of castings for, I think he's up for a role in the BBC about a kids' football thing. Yeah, right. I just, and I just knew the other day when he did his his second recall that the, I said the director's going to ask you to do the piece to camera, which he's going to do. And then he's going to give you a note, and he wants to see if you can follow the note. Mm. Then he's going to give you another note, and he didn't. And I could just tell, by the way, you know. Shit. But I haven't said anything to him, so if he's watching this, he didn't get it, Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> but it is hard it's really hard when yeah that that because you're, you're only human yeah and that kind of thanks but see you later and there's no and there isn't any aftercare it's so, it, there's no like yeah you've been with us 20 years uh listen we're gonna just we yeah. you know it's coming to an end but we're gonna just phase it out gently and that you can talk there's people you can talk to it's just sort of like door shuts bye yeah and you just left it for yourself but you know what? And I was on a I was on a cruise ship doing a, a gig on a ship, and I, um, I remember I was working with Larry Lamb, and he wrote his autobiography. And he said, yeah. Look, you know, and I'd read it, and it was really good. He said, "Oh, you should do yours." I was like, "Nah, I'm doing mine." But I did it. I did it on the ship, and it brought back memories. Yeah. I thought, oh, actually, you know, and I look back and I think, actually, I've had a really good career, and I've done things that nobody would ever. I mean, I used to fly to New York and every other weekend or every month just to interview whoever it was, Julia. You know, uh, Brad Pitt, Julie Roberts, and all them. Like, you know, yeah, it was great. And it was, look, you'd fly out on a Friday, 
you've interviewed him, and by Tuesday you're back up in some council estate in the middle of Hull. You know, <laughs> yeah. the box of pumpkins, <laughs> yeah. giving away a fake thirty-two <laughs> or in a drug ridden house. You know, and that's why I say like the people that find it the hardest, right, is the reality stars. Right, they don't realise, Rich, that you know they they do this thing and then they're like a slice of. Somebody said to me once, "You're like a slice of bread." You know, until you get to the end, and then when you popped it, and then pop, you're out the poster, toaster, you've been eating, and that's it. You know, and these people really find it hard. Like I know a couple of reality stars that really struggle. Really, you know, suddenly, yeah, the, suddenly the phone didn't ring, and I was like, I had Michael Greco around um, with his lovely girlfriend Helen over for lunch one day, and we were chatting because he was in EastEnders for years. Yeah. You know, and Grex and I used to play football against each other. We get invited to golf days, and we just both. And he's one of the Grex is one of the nicest people. You know, he's a lovely, good mate. And um, we both said, "Isn't it funny how the phone stops ringing?" Then, then your friend, those people that are not your friend, or you thought were your friend, are not there anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we were laughing. We take the piss out of each other, going, "You'll be invited on them golf day soon." And he's just done a thing for Netflix. He's on the Facebook. He's just done a. A thing for Netflix, and I'd text him going, "Oh, I'm back on the golf days. You'll be back on the golf days." You know? <laughs> but it isn't this bit. You've got to be so thick-skinned, yeah. and I, I think that's what drama school failing. They don't have a, a course on rejection. No, they don't I mean, talk about it. They talk about because there is a lot of rejection. Not even at the end of your career, at the beginning when you're trying to get into it, the the <laughs> the, the ignored emails or the the castings and you're trying and you just, and you just, like you just said, you just, you just know when they're not, they're not going to do anything with you. And you're like, fuck, yeah. it's, it's your dream. It's like footballers as well. And there's that whole thing now. There's a guy, there's a young lad talking about it at the minute. And he's just saying like, you know, you get built up and built up. And then one day they go, yeah, football's not happening. Yeah. And it's been your dream. Yeah. And he's, then now what? It's a hor- My lad at the moment, he's, 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 He's at a really good level, good footballer, good midfielder. We got coaching and lockdown. I think thanks to him, I think I'd have gone do lally during mm. lockdown if we didn't have been out every day training, you know. And he is good and he wants to achieve his dream. And he's had clubs come in for him. But we've had to do it cleverly. We've had to like not go into an academy now because mm. if they give out the scholarships and you, you don't get one, so wait until get better. And he's got a really good coach and a guy called Dan Brown. And he's said, look, I'll coach him and coach him and coach him when he's 16 going. But I've had to say to him, look, there is rejection. Yeah. You're not going to be for you, for everyone. And it's like 0.1 or something that make it as a footballer. Jesus. Really, yeah. And, and you know, it, it, in everything it's hard, isn't it? But, yeah. you know, you know and I know is from doing stand-up, you just keep going and keep going and keep yep. going. I mean, that's it with the stand-up. Yeah, yeah you, I mean, you're going to darn your ass. And it happens. It happens to everybody, you know. And but for some reason, we just go, "All oh, right, fine." And you dust yourself off, and you carry on. And then you see people that you came up with. They're getting on TV. They're becoming famous, and they're getting all this money. And uh, and you and you can't help it but look and go, "Fuck! Why am I not?" Yeah. And, because yeah. for some reason, you think, "Oh, we started the same, so I must be getting the same things." You're like, it "Doesn't work like that. It doesn't work yeah. like that at all." No, I was listening to your podcast with Rob Beckett, and he was. It was a really nice podcast, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's nice, the stuff that he'd said, you know, and it was it was so true. But that bus ride will stop one day. Yeah. You know, and the, and the thing is not to make all that money and, and blow it or put it up your nose or buy it. I remember turning up at an event once. It was Paul Hendy who did um, Don't Try This at Home. He was a guy who did Don't Try This at Home. Yeah. With the video and a couple of others. And they had these, mate, they had these, like, 
Mercs, you know, sort of the And I turned up in this golf hit with a Renault Clio. <laughs> a Renault Clio. And they ripped the piss out of me. You know, they absolutely ruined me. And I get my golf clubs out and I go, do you know the difference between your car and my car? They go, what? I go, mine's not an HP. <laughs> and it costs fuck all to fill, you know. And it was just, honestly, God, it was. And I've never been like that. I've never... No. Never ever gone right. I've got to have the best car. I've got to, have, you know. I've never been like that. Never yeah. ever. Just, just a bit I, more shrewd. Yeah, just my missus goes, "You're so tight." I'm like, "Not that." I grew up rich, and that's not honest. God, my dad was like I said, like in my set. My dad's Irish. My mum's Spanish, and he was in that time in the eighties where he was just getting made redundant all yeah. the time. You know, blessing me, and we didn't have a pot to piss in. We didn't have any money, you know. But we, ne- my mum, I swear to God. My present every year was a season ticket to Man City. And my mum couldn't afford the kit. It was like 20-odd quid, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. She'd get a badge from the market and she'd sew it around. <laughs> Mate, she was doing knockoff kits before they even thought about it in China or wherever. <laughs> my mum was making them in her house in Levenshume, you know. <laughs> and, were, and, I, and I had a drawly tick on my boot, you know. I had, like, dollar boots and I was trying to get them a tick on them, like, you know. Right. But yeah, it just it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me, honestly, God. Well, I always had always had hand me down stuff when I was growing up. I never had the. I never had it new. I remember getting given a pair of Patrick football boots and oh, a Patrick yeah. like Kegel thing, and I thought it was the bollocks. And then my mates would go, they were like fucking Patrick. Who the f- <laughs> fucking? What's wrong with you? And then, but you go, no, this is. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. But, yeah, and that's that's how it was. And, and yeah. like so we lived in Levenshume, and, and it wasn't. It was a very. I feel sorry for my mum. She came over from Spain, from La Coruña, a beautiful place. These two most amazing beaches, and she ends up in Levenshume in Manchester. <laughs> you know, and she's like, "What the bloody hell is this bloody place?" You know, she must have really loved your dad. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That passed away a couple of years ago. I had cancer. Ah, sorry, away. mate. Oh, mate, sorry, sorry. And um, he he said he said that you know at the eulogy, I don't want anybody crying. I want you to make them laugh, you know? Mm. And he said, there'll probably be more people at my eulogy than there will be at one of your gigs. <laughs> and he wasn't, he wasn't wrong, you know, he wasn't wrong. But it's really hard. Have you ever tried to write a funny eulogy? No. He's, he's, he's not the easiest sort of gig to, where you from, lovely, yeah. What you, oh, it just, it doesn't work, you know, it does it, it's really hard, you know. Especially when you see someone like your dad or your mum and, yeah. Someone that you 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 gone. You just you're fucked because they've gone. Yeah, and they've gone. Yeah, but we need to make them laugh. And you just fucking you know. Well, my dad was a typical. Irish. He was a, just your typical. He, he was a brilliant. You know, he was a good. He's a good. Yeah, he was a good Irishman. He's real hands like a brick shit house. And yeah, worker. Yeah, oh, he's, you just they could go in cold and oh, what is it? He just didn't give a shit. He just pull it out. He's, his hands, he didn't, he didn't need oven gloves. My, 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 I'm still friends with her now, Caroline, an ex-girlfriend of mine from when I was a kid. We're still mates now, we still chat, it's beautiful, she's lovely. lovely enough, yeah. But her dad used to come in piss from the pub and he used to, he had this, such a thick Irish accent, I couldn't understand a word. He really used to mumble when he was pissed. And, he, yeah. and he'd come in and he'd just start frying bacon with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> No, you don't need a spatula. I think, you know, I think he used to do it in front of me to, to shit me up because I was this spotty little teenager that like, was hanging around with his daughter and I'd be stood in the kitchen just, and I'd be like trapped because he's by the kitchen door so I can't get out. And he's just looking at me frying bacon with his hands. You're like, oh God. 
funny. I had these conversations with Ryan McDonald and I were doing a gig in Sunderland, mate. Bizarre gig, right? Really right. bizarre gig. And on the way up there, I got done by a cop for crossing over, you know, a policeman is like. But I noticed he had a, a ring on. I'd, see, I'm like that. I noticed little things. Oh, yeah. I noticed he had a ring on, which was like a mason's ring. Yeah. Oh, nice ring. He went, oh, thank you. Mate, I never got the ticket. Never got the really? ticket. Really? Yeah, honest to God. Honest to God. Never ah, got the ticket. You thought you were one but, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were coming back and we were talking about Ireland because, you know, he's got a really good, strong Irish yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had this great conversation on the way back. We were talking about shit gigs and where you've died. And I think that is it. I know somebody's going to do a book about it, but I think what a great thing for comedians yeah. just to talk about how you've died. Not not great, because everybody goes, oh, I had this great gig. And yeah. Nobody goes, oh, and I like to hear the stories about, and we were just swapping stories about when you died. Mate, we were crying on the way back. And that journey from Sunderland back to Cambridge, it went like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're in the car with the right person, Jared Christmas, I was with him once coming back from fuck knows where. Might have been, I was, uh, it was up the other side of Birmingham and we were driving back. Yeah, blink of an eye because we were just pissing ourselves the whole time. Just I'm chatting. Good I'm good mates with uh, Jerry Kay and Ryan. The three of us, you know, we just, we laugh, you know, like, but it's like you say, if you get that right chemistry, Jerry Kay, who for me, like music, is a great comic, really. Yeah. Good. And writes for me as well because I get into oh, well, okay. He's got that style, you know. And uh, I said, yeah, you can write for me. And I'd pay him to write for me. And he, he just, he was telling me something about some bad gigs. Mate, he was telling me on the way. And then when we get there, we were at a bad gig. At <laughs> 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 this gig. And it was Ryan and seeing Jerry opening. And I hate going on after Jerry because Jerry's solid. Yeah. You know? uh, a bit like yourself. I just, you just comics, you go, I don't want to go on after him. I just don't want to go on after him. <laughs> And then he has a, a, but we get there and it's in this hall, mate. And there's just like this, there's no mic stand. And the microphone's like one of those. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate. It was horrible. And I said to Jerry, this is in our list of shit gigs. <laughs> <laughs> there was one with Jerry Kay. We were miles away. And he was going, I think it was me, him and Paul Piri. Oh, Paul. And Piri. he wanted to, Jerry wanted to stay behind for some reason. I won't say why. <laughs> and, uh, and, he, he was, and we were all in his car and i'm like mate absolutely fucking not i'm not hanging around we need to go and he went oh yeah no just one more just one more I'm like, mate if you don't i'll just steal your car and i'll leave you here i don't care <laughs> it was such a shit gig as well I was like, oh, let's just oh, get I'm out of here that's such a funny story, but I'm not going to tell it on air because. Uh, tell it after, tell it after. Yeah, 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 we'll do it. It's fucking hilarious. We'll put it out for the Patreons. <laughs> Subscribe. Yeah, yeah. I love Jerry. He's, um, oh, mate, he's, he's brilliant. We did Hull together. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a solid comic. I remember first meeting Jerry and watching him thinking, fucking hell, he's good. Yeah. Like, he's like, sharp he's good and you know and then we seem to work a hell of a lot with each other yeah a lot, a lot and we had this lovely i said jerry i've got this idea tell me if you know and i and i because when i finish panto i have the theater and i do my own one night you know so yeah. i go a bit then jerry comes on or support and then i do the whole second half i said so i only did it so i said ladies and gentlemen, you're gonna enjoy this great comic you know he's Everybody sees me and him together, think we're twins, you know, and they go, oh, look at you two, they like each other, you know, because we're the same height and everything. We look the same, we've got the same features, but I'm going to tell you now, 
were not twins. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jerry Kay. And as he walked on, the place just... <laughs> I said to him, like, I knew I'd get a laugh. I just knew he'd yeah. get a laugh. And it's weird, really, because he writes for me. But then I, we used to have writing days where he'd come round, and we wrote this series together. And um, it's really weird. I don't know if you find it when you're sat with another comic. He'll do something. I'll go, Jerry, I've got a little... If you say this here or you say that there, you get another laugh there. Yeah. And, and it and it goes oh yeah and he used it and it, it got a laugh but then when I try to do it for myself yeah I, I don't know about you I, I struggle I'm like what should I you know yeah oh mate I do it all the time my missus is a is a comic and we were the other day we were talking and she was going um I oh, help me write my show help me write my show and, and then she got her book out and I went I said oh, I can't do it like that I can't sit and do it like that what, what I can do is sit and have a drink with you and yeah. have a conversation. And out of that, funny stuff will come. And then, and you you have an instinct to know if that's a bit or not. You can go write that down, write that down. Yeah. And then we did it that way. And then we, had, we we got the structure of the show together. And then we got all this stuff. It was great. But I've been in rooms like with Rob Beckett. Where we, I've been trying to write for him and I couldn't do it. When they go, right, I want 10 jokes on this. And you're like, oh, well, that's what happened. That's what happened on The Big Breakfast. So you had the paper review, right? Yeah. And then you get in a car at four o'clock in the morning, or oh, three in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, and you'd have all the papers there. And then you'd have to go in. And Simon Evans was my writer, oh, wow. who was a brilliant comic. Brilliant so comic, yeah. And, you know, Simon Evans. <laughs> where, are, loved, where are his eyes? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And I loved Simon, right? But he couldn't write for me. It was too oh. long-winded. It was too long. And yeah. I said, I need just, I've got four or five minutes, and I need bang, 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 bang. And his, there were stories because Johnny Vaughan had them, Richard Bacon had them, and I just went low. And I got in touch with a great topical writer called Tim Maloney. Now, some people say, and he's wrote for Bob Monkhouse, he's wrote for everyone, wow. right? And I rang him and I said, listen, I've got the breakfast and I want you to write me just quick, you know, and that's what I want. I want yeah. the paper, the story, so we set it up, there's the story, bam, 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 right? And that's the way I want it. And they'd never had that at the breakfast. They said, oh, it's old school. But it's not, I don't think, I, I remember Peter Kay saying once, there's no old school, it's just, if it's funny, it's funny. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, and I said to the, the executive producer, Richard, um, Ben Riggin at the time, by the time I've got through that thing, yet, there's two, three minutes gone, and I've got for what one punchline, where in three or four minutes, I can go bang, 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 yeah, bang, yeah. bang, and get more. So I got Tim Maloney, and Tim Maloney would get up at four, right? I had the papers delivered to him. And then he'd fax in, this is like fax, in fact, a sheet of A4, two sheets of A4 of gags. And even even uh, Simon Emmons would go, how the fucking hell? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, not everyone was like, you know, no. 20 or 30 gags rich. And he wrote for me. He he said, and, and another guy that writes me, Paul Connolly, said, I can hear you saying it. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is the secret, you yeah. know, which is the secret. And then and then he faxed in these, and, they, and, and then it'd be like four or five gags. And then you go bang, bang, bang. And even to this day, people go, oh, that guy, you know. And he's still a friend, Tim Maloney. He's one of the best nice. topical writers. And bless him, every month he sends me his topical gag sheets. And I go, all right, yeah, I love that one. Oh, no, that oh lovely. You know, work it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, that was the beauty of the breakfast. You met some nice people. Yeah. Some assholes, but you met some <laughs> That's what I couldn't get my head around when I came back into stand-up, is yeah. I always thought people like yourself, you do a lovely routine. Uh, you did a great routine about dirty mags in the forest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mate. Cheers, mate. And I, was, I remember you did that uh, when we worked together in Chelmsford. Yeah. And I was like, that is funny. Now, I don't know how you uh, – did you sit down and write that? And, and that's what I didn't know in my head. Yeah. It just came just, out. 
Yeah, exactly. And I didn't realise that other comedians at the time had writers that wrote for him. And I just, you know, and that's what I couldn't get into my head when I yeah. started out in comedy. Then you realise that, hold on a minute, she writes for him or he writes. And then you go, oh, right. That yeah. The bigger ones have that. When they get to a point where they're touring, doing telly, and, <clears throat> and they haven't got time to sort of sit and... Or they haven't... I don't know. Maybe they or they just need help. They just, they've got a lot on. Yeah. And they're like, I need someone to come in and sit with me and help and help me out with this. And so, yeah, a lot of the big ones have, have writers, but it's they haven't. The right you know. it? It's finding the right one that writes. Yes. Well, like, yeah. I can hear Rich Wilson. I can hear Rich Wilson say that. Yeah. You and that's exactly, that was what you, yeah, that was exactly, you know, right on the head is that when you're writing for someone, you have to be able to hear them say it. And you trying to say Simon Evans's material just wouldn't, just doesn't marry up. No, because like I said to you right at the beginning, I'm not the brightest, I'm not the dumbest, but it was too, and you've got a newspaper there yeah. and you've got to then, re and I think as soon as you start reading it, it, it just, you know, I want the beginning, I want the middle and then I want the punchline, yeah. you know, and that's what I wanted. And I, so in the papers, I just used to have um, post-it notes with, you know, or I'd have somebody with a board and I just needed the tagline because I could sort of work out at the beginning, I just needed the tagline, you know. Yeah. It, it worked for me. It worked for me. And I, I always said Simon Evans, look, it was nothing personal, but I just, you know. Yeah, it just wasn't the right one. Yeah, and I had a guy called Richard Turner who'd come in and edit them just to, because same probably with you, you think actually you could take them two words out and make that short and it's still yeah. get, you know. Obviously when you're doing your set, you're bigger because you will kill the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I'm dying on my arse here. I've, got, I've still got to do another 15. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. But it's, 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 it, it, this industry on all levels is so like we've already talked about earlier it's so stressful even with so you, you're, you're fighting to get where you want to be on some level of success and then you achieve it then you've got to try and maintain it and then for whatever reason it that you come out the other side and now you've got to deal with like coming down the other side i mean it's, it's shit to say coming down but you know you've, you've, you've achieved you've achieved this and it's just, yeah it's just different yeah, once you're at the top, there's only one way you can go, and yeah. that's that's coming down, you know. And but I tell you, one thing I did was I, I learned from other people, and I, I, I listened. I, I'm a big fan of. I remember doing my first ever panto with John Pertwee. Oh wow! And he said to me, and he used to pick on me. He'd do this and do that, and I was like, "Fuck, he's doing my head in, you know, he's doing my nothing." He'd do this and, and I was like, "Oh mate!" And then Simon Gregory, an actor, come up to me. He goes, um, "I said, oh, he's fucking annoying me." He went, "Annoying you?" I was like, yeah. He's, he said, how many other people is he giving notes to in this cast? I was like, none. He goes, I know, because it's you. Wow. Something in you. And, and I, honest to God, and I, and I used to do loads of stuff, and I learned so much in those six weeks. To the point, right, I used to get a, you know, in the DVD, the director's commentary? Yeah. Well, he'd, he'd go to me, Michael, get, I'd go, yes, John. He'd go, go and get me a cup of tea and a donut in my dressing room. And I was like, right. And he'd have a TV on, and Doctor Who was on. And he'd sit there and tell me why he was doing this or why do you think I did that? And he would literally, you know. Wow. What like, a fucking great thing to have happened. Yeah. And he said to me, I'll never forget, he said, um, the only thing in life is free is advice. And it's only an idiot that doesn't take advice. Wow. And it stuck with me. It's completely stuck. Things that have stick with me, like my dad always said, you can always tell the calibre of a man by the way he speaks to a waiter. Yes, you know, definitely. And it's so true. And speak to people I'd like to be problems you know. But John Pertry said that. And, I, and I've always been one. When I first started out in telly, I used to do extra work when I was at drama school. Yeah. Only did two years. I got kicked out. I um, I do Connie Street and Emmerdale and stuff. And I'd hear them say things like, oh, yeah, get your eye line, get that. And I'd go to the camera, mate, what's an eye line? 
what's a tally light? What does this do? Why does he do that? Why is he walking back from uh. that spot to there? And he'd say, oh, but... so I, and I was always, I was, things I always say to my kids now, if you don't know, just ask. Yeah, true. You know? And just ask. And I, I, I remember doing, I did the office for Christmas special with Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And he walks off and someone shouts out, wanker. And he goes, no, you're, you're the wanker, mate. <laughs> but nobody shouted that. He walked off and then went, no, you're the wanker, mate. So I'm going to come to and I said, Ricky, can I ask you a question? Went, yeah, so why did you do that? He said, because I can get my own timing then. He said, I can put it in. Uh, he said, well, if I have to wait for that person, it real. And I was like, right, okay. Wow. Yeah. He was a lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, mate, I'd, I'd never watched The Office and, and then I got a phone call saying, like, you know, can you go down and meet Stephen Merchant? So I went to Stephen Merchant and I did the read through. He's like, yeah. And then Ricky was in the BBC. I never forget it. It was a big bowl of sweets there. And I was like, he's, yeah, yeah, you up for it? I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, have you watched The Office? I was like, no. And he was like, yeah, you know. And I was laughing and I said, oh, can I have a sweet? I mean, yeah. I said, he went, yeah, yeah, take as many as you want. I went, right. And I just picked them up and put them all in the bag. I went, kids will love these. Put stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> Did he laugh? I bet he laughed. Didn't even look back. And you could just hear his laughing in the background. Going, ah! You know the way he laughs? Yeah. You could hear it just in the background. <laughs> yeah, he wants you to do it. It's like, yeah, so I filmed it and it was with them. It was with, mate, I'm name dropping here. Howard Brown from the Halifax advert. Ah, <laughs> clang. Bubble from Big Brother. Clang. <laughs> and then Ricky, you know. But it was, mate, it was so funny. I'll never forget this, like. We're in this um, place uh, in West London somewhere, this club, and it was in like September, October time. And uh, there was a lot of extras, you know, in the scene. And, I'm, and there's this big guy, like, I mean, a big chunky guy, the front, a big fat guy, that's what I'm trying to say. And he's got the front. And then, and then Bubble comes on, and he just goes to his friend, how the fuck have he got this? <laughs> just like that. <laughs> I was crying. I was just laughing. <laughs> I was telling Ricky Gervais during lunch, and we were just both laughing, you know. But then when he comes on, he just he he, he just tries to make you laugh, like you know, really, once, yeah, yeah. Once he gets you, it's like a dog, you know. And I'm like to Stephen Merchant, going, "I'm so sorry." He's like, "No, it's all right. We've got plenty of tape." <laughs> yeah, you learn, you you learn, and I watched the way them two worked. It was quite, it was interesting to watch, you know. Yeah. I still, I, I love watching comics. I, I know it's the norm for if you're on first to fuck off home and get in the car. But sometimes I quite like watching comics just to see how they work the room or, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I, I love that, you know. Well, I'll tell you what's happening now, and it, it's a shame because a lot of the younger ones now, and no disrespect, there's some brilliant ones. They're all brilliant. It's not. It's, it's the fact that some of them, they kind of do their bit and then they fuck off and you're like, no, yeah. no, 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 watch this guy. Yeah, watch yeah. this woman because you're going to learn like you've just said you learn so much from watching but they're like oh no I don't need to do that I'm going to go off and and I'm like no no watch the, yeah. watch the people that have gone before you yeah, it's true it's true I like watching Sally Ann Haywood yeah. she's brilliant she's just and I did a gig with her buttons and she just took the she's a she's just brilliant how she's not yeah. on the box now I do I know she supported Sarah Milligan but for me she was like you know she's brilliant she's, yeah she's great yeah and no bit, but they won't watch them. They won't. They 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 don't think they have to. Like they won't do their own work. And like you've just said, that's how you learn. Like asking questions, not being afraid. You know, to ask the questions and and just looking all the time. And that's what that's what I like about you. You've you've ever since I've known you, you've you do have this. You're always looking forward. 
You always have this positive attitude. Like, I imagine you have your down days. Of course you do. It's well, we talked about the other night. You, yeah. you know, we have our wobbles and I had a wobble. And I said to my missus, like, you know, a bit down there. She's like, why? My missus, like, she's dead funny. She's very funny. Like, I do a gag and she'll go, yeah, but if you say, because she went to university. She got a, a first class honours degree in biomedical mm-hmm. science. So she, what the fuck she's doing me? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea, Rich. Charity not- work. Charity work. <laughs> <laughs> Make a wish. <laughs> he, he will say, oh, you should do that in your set. That's funny. And I go, really? She goes, yeah, yeah. Or if you say that, say that, and that's funny. Like, like I had this idea, right, and I saw it on telly, and it was um, – and I said, is it a bit too cruel? And she's like, no, it's quite funny. So, you know, like I say at the end, I say, look, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm on Twitter or Facebook. I've also got a, a Just Giving page because I've got a friend of mine who's terminally ill. And uh, I want to raise enough money to go on all day with his missus because she's proper fit, <laughs> you know. And 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 I was like, do you think? And she was like, no, that's funny. And she's quite, she's quite good at that. But if you say like, she said to me, if you just say like, you know, she's really she's gorgeous. Have you seen her? That'll you know. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you know. And then I get my phone. Do you do the same? Where you just get your phone and you go, "Here's an idea for a gag." <laughs> yeah, they never listen to it. <laughs> You ever do that, Rich, in the morning? Like, I was, I was two o'clock in the morning, I woke up with this idea for a gag, and I've gone. And in my head, right, this is sounds like I've gone, got an idea for a gag, da 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 da. And then I put it in, and I go to sleep. And then in the morning, I wake up and I press play, and I just hear, yeah, but you think you're all like, to whom it may concern. And I didn't. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> or, the, <laughs> or the best one, and I tell this to everybody, when if you, because I've done it myself, you've done it, we've all done it. You go to bed, and as you're laying there, because you're relaxing, your brain goes, your brain just clicks on something, and, go, and you go, that's a fucking good idea. I must remember to write that down in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what have you found as you get older? I said to my missus, here's a good guy. She goes, yeah, remember that. I go, yeah. We'll get to the shops, we'll do the shop, we'll come back and go, what was that gag? Then I'm like, what the... The amount of gags that are in the air now, Rich. Oh, yeah. Just floating out there, forgotten, forgotten land. <laughs> Mate, I was going to write the, a new version of like Star Wars. It was going to be massive. It was like Lord <laughs> of the Rings, but I just forgot it. <laughs> I still, I mean, I, you know, I just love stand-up. I fell back in, I fell back in love with stand-up. You know, and I, and I, I I love it now, and I love even the bad gigs. I love it. Christmas, I was doing panto. I do panto every year because a, it's a great money earner. B, I've got a good name on the circuit. Panto. Yeah. And and C, you hire out the thing and do your own one night extra money. And they said, can you um can you do this gig? And I was directing, so I made sure the cast had the day off on the night I had to do the gig. <laughs> it was in the New Forest, and I was like, I'd never been in the New Forest. It's like, and all the times I've been in here, I've been all around the country. So I get there, and I've got my opening with the number plate, which you know. Yeah. And uh, the woman goes, oh, can you not do that opening because we've just had one of our sales reps in a BMW crash. I was like, right, okay. So I went in the room and they literally died a death. Like nobody was interested. The DJ was behind me. There was people on the left-hand side, people on the right-hand side. But right in front of me with this clock. Oh, and I just God. remember the clock. And it was like the clock was just going, I ain't moving. I move yeah. a bit. And it's just that long period of like, and at 29 minutes, but I still did my 30 minutes. You know, I was like, right, I'm out, gone. And she, bless her, she came up to me. She said, I'm so sorry. She said, I've seen you do your stuff. Yeah. 
you know, I, I'm just so sorry. She apologised to me. Wow. For the audience. Shit, man. It's wow. horrible when it happens, though, isn't it? When yeah. It, when it happens. And it, luckily, the, the, the longer you do it, the, the, the bigger the gaps are between the deaths. Yeah. But when it comes and you... It's horrible. You just you're just out. You've let you've jumped off the cliff. You're dangling in midair. Your legs going like wily coyote, and then you go. Oh, I'll just give him this banger. This will bring me back, and you just plummet. Yeah, <laughs> like somebody's let go of you and gone. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> I was in I was in Dubai. I like funny stories. I was in Dubai with Phil Walker. Yeah, and the woman out there kept going on about. Oh, I've got. TV royalty, TV royalty, and I was like, okay. So we did a gig in Dubai. Mate, this is the funniest thing. So we get to Dubai, and she goes, yeah, I've written for so-and-so, I've written for so-and-so. I was like, oh, she must be fucking good then if she's, you know. She goes on to us, as an MC, it does nearly 20 minutes. Sure. And then she wants you to go on and do 45. And at the end of your 45, she goes on and does 15. And that's the first okay. half. And you're like, and then I went to Dubai. I'd never been to Dubai. And my missus was like, I'm going to take you there for your birthday because you've never been there. And I was like, brilliant. You know? And then a week later, the phone goes, can you go to Dubai and do these gigs? I was like, yeah. Yeah. So Mrs. Peter. Rich Wilson, I swear, as long as we're all in my backside. I get to Dubai, it's pissing down with rain. What? Rained, mate, it rained. I bought a 250 milliliter bottle of Ombicillaire. I thank God I got the receipt because I was able to get my money back on that. I never used it, right? <laughs> I never used it. I get to this gig and it's packed. I'm thinking, fucking hell, this is good. And it was packed because United were playing in the Champions League way back in the day. Um, and then it suddenly football finished and it emptied. Like, and there was about 20 odd people. Like, yeah. Shit. She goes on. She goes on. And like, I'm thinking, where's the comedy? She's like, you know. And I've gone and I'd spend 10 minutes going on about Ambissalaire and how, <laughs> like, you know, and like, wow, I'm nervous. There's so many people in the audience. So I did this gig. Phil Walker goes on, does his 45, does 45. She comes on. So the next day we're going in Abu Dhabi and you're not allowed to mention Dubai when you go to Abu Dhabi. Right. So we go to this uh, expat's place, which is beautiful. It's nice. Mate, she goes on, she brings me on and then she finishes with, with a song, with a, a, a on the stage with her mirrors and she's and they're in the background sending the clowns and she's just putting makeup on as a clown and, and I'm like what the what? fuck yeah and then and then she walks in and I said do you know what be really funny is if you go on stage now with just half of it off and go can't get this stuff off you know <laughs> it's funny she went no and and she spoke to the uh, the Indian guys she went can, can we get drinks and like I said to you before the way you speak to somebody yeah. and these Indian guys it was hot rich and she, and this poor Indian guy brought these drinks and I went mate have a drink you're sweating he goes no 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 I said please have a drink mate this is sweating yeah. she was like you should be in here I was like hmm okay and then, and then she went on and then she brought Phil Walker on and I'm at the back right I'm at the back of the room and she's like ladies and please welcome Phil Walker Phil Walker Ladies and gentlemen, and he's at the back. She'd locked the door. And all you could hear was the door moving. I was crying. I was crying. Phil's like, let me in, banging on the door. Oh, oh. See, I love, like I love shit like that. It's how it should yeah. be, man. More, yeah. it should be fun. Listen, Mike, this has been fucking great. Oh, mate, thank you. You're I'm such cool. a lovely dude. And you got a book out, mate. I have it's called uh, Oh I Remember Him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, seeing the title, people go, Oh, I remember him. Oh. Better than people go, 
Oh, I remember him. So when, and I will send it to you. I'll send it to you. Text me your address and I'll send it yeah, to you. Yeah, I'd love it, mate. I'd absolutely love it. Sign it. you got to sign it. It'd be a pleasure if you read it. This, mate, honestly, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. And yeah. even to this day, it's still surreal that I get to call you a mate. It's funny, man. Yeah, it's funny. Are, man. Yeah, you're it's lovely. My, look, you're in my phone, Rich Wilson. He's, he's in my phone. You're in my phone. Yes. Oh, mate. Made it. Listen, you are. You know I'm a big fan of yours. I love you to bits. Even when you put a picture of a cock in my gag book, and you <laughs> put it back. I left it somewhere and you threw a cock in it. Um, Is that right? Yeah, don't you remember that? You, I left it somewhere and you rang me and said, I've got your book and gags. And I was like, yeah. And I opened it up and it's like just a picture of a cock in it. And then you actually went, I had to do that. And I was like, cheers. And then I knew, I'm like, yeah, I love this guy. The amount of times I've had it, although there was one, and I'm really ashamed to this day, we were fucked at a mate's wedding and the book went round and uh, and then I, everyone's writing messages. And I didn't even remember doing it. Like there was a load, there was like six of us all piled round drawing this dick in this book. And then it weren't until it was like a week later and my mate rang me and he went, right, one, it was funny. <laughs> two... He goes, people are really fucked off with you lot. I'm like, why? He goes, because we were sat around having Sunday dinner. I mean, Nan was there. And she, <laughs> <laughs> this big squirting dick in the middle of the book. Yeah. That's why you should have the cover of your book, just a big squirting dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, mate, love, love you. Having me on. It's, and it's about bad time. I see all these great comics on. I'm like, one day I'll ring. Here one he day. is. But the fact that you were short of a guest, it means nothing to, <laughs> means nothing to me. It's just happened to be on. <laughs> it's just bad admin on my part, that's all. It was, that's it. That's all it is. That was, and I just thought, and I'm like, yes, it's having you on. I love you, man. Love you too, Rich. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.